0: Welcome to On Air, the podcast from leading probate genealogists, Finders International with your host, David Lockwood.
1: So welcome to the latest edition of On Air the podcast from Finders International. I'm Dave Lockwood and with me today is Louise Levine from Finders International. She is our international asset manager. I'm looking at her. I've got that right, haven't I? Yes, yes, she's nodding her head. That's good. Louise uh, basically deals with uh, foreign assets. Uh, she can deal with a she can deal with shares and stuff like that abroad and basically every time you see louise there's steam coming out of her fingers because she is literally overworked she's probably one of the busiest people i know but she's actually one of the the foremost experts in this country on international assets and a lot of people turn to louise and and and, and get work from her and work very work her very very hard it has to be said but um uh, I, I know that uh, louise is is. Always, always very, very busy. So, to spare me half an hour to do this, Louise, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, basically, as I've explained to you, this podcast is about the person, not about the job you do. But we'll probably delve a little bit into that. But, but let's ask you first off, and, and we have the four set questions. Why, why do you work in the legal sector?
0: It was a bit of an accident. I won't lie. I'll talk about that in a moment, but I was thinking more generally why work in the legal sector. I think I have an eye for detail, and I think I'm a problem solver, somewhat right. of a troubleshooter. And I also come from a, quite a, a long research background, years and years back through my career. And I think that all of these things can be quite useful in the legal sector, Um whether it's a question of doing some problem-solving work or whether it's something that actually requires very detailed, methodical working, uh, that all of these things have their uses within the legal sector. I think also I find the legal... Profession very interesting. I follow uh, legal developments. I like to look at the legal news and see what's going on out there. And I think it's fundamentally about people, and people are always interesting. So it gives you a new perspective on the world when you learn more about estates and estate administration. Which of course also is never ending. as you know, the <laughs> the English common law process is a sort of constant process of change yeah. in itself. So there's always something new to learn, and there's always some new story about estates, which is just fascinating and gripping. Um, um because people are complicated nothing simple
1: <laughs> <laughs> very very true so 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 you've got that background research and everything so, so come on what made you choose to, to work where you are now what made that
0: i came by a fairly circuitous route yeah i have a background in the arts and i was a um, Uh, perhaps in my early stages of my career, I was in publishing, I was a picture researcher. So my responsibility then was to find pictures for books, things like coffee table books, on any number of subjects, there really was no limit to what I had to find pictures of. And um, so then from there, I moved into probate genealogy, funnily enough. And I did that for numerous years. And I found that very interesting and fascinating. And I Possibly wasn't quite methodical enough to be really, really good at that work. There are colleagues within Finders who are extremely good at this, and uh, I think you know. See, I see myself, and I see where I've where I've ended up, and I think it's probably a logical move for me because. The work I now do in terms of repatriating assets and dealing with things like you know foreign probates and foreign banking institutions and uh, and transfer agents and share registrars, I think there is a little bit more scope perhaps to say right, what do we need to do? Let's just do it rather than necessarily uh, working to specific processes, which I, I suspect I probably wouldn't do very well <laughs> these days.
1: I know what you mean. I'm not that <laughs> methodical in my stuff, yes. as, as is well noted in Finders. Let's say. Um, so. <laughs> So that's how you ended up. I mean, I know we've we've spoken before previously about yes. how you ended up here uh, personally, but uh, it's nice to hear that that, that you were in, uh, in probate research mm. and, and then found your way into the the, mm. the international asset side. So I've got to ask you, what would you have ended up doing
0: if you end, hadn't have ended up here at Finders? That is a very big open question. <laughs> I'm really not sure, but I think like a lot of people, I'm probably... Um, I wasn't someone who ever had a calling. I never had a strong vocational sense that this was the thing I wanted to do. And I did... Uh, drift for quite a long time in the early stages of my career so I think that I would probably if I hadn't ended up at finders I'd probably be doing something completely different (laughs) randomly different in 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 all likelihood I I think those things that have carried through that interest that curiosity that stubbornness the persistence that I need to do my job now I'd probably find an outlet for that and it might be within the charitable sector or possibly within local government Um, I might regret even (laughs) mentioning that Um, but actually I mean, no, it, It's also something I, I particularly love is, is nature and forestry. And I, you know, I could have branched off in a completely different direction, but I have a feeling it, it may not have had much to do with what I'm doing now. So you
1: could well have been hugging trees. It could have actually yeah, been yeah, hugging yeah.
0: trees. <laughs> that's
1: not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. That's a good thing. But yeah, ending up with finders and, and, and international assets and, and, and things like that. I mean, you must see some some... Strange cases coming across your your desk. Very
0: much so. And I think, you know. Even if it seems as if two jobs are the same, actually they they never are, and I'm sure everyone in the legal profession would say exactly the same. You know, yeah. you can take a, a family made up of you know two parents and three children, and nothing ever pans out quite the way people think it will, and that is certainly true of assets as well. And I think you know you can find someone who um, had look, bundles of paper share certificates when they were found deceased, and nobody has any idea what they are, and then they land on something, and they think, oh my goodness, this is three hundred thousand shares. It's some company I've never heard of, and yeah. where Rich, and then it turns out they're not rich. No, because you know, it's probably dragon know. oil or something yeah, like this that. This is it. Yeah, you know, exactly. Snake oil salesman and all that. You know, and it turns out not to have any value. Um, and by you know complete contrast you may have someone who just worked for a multinational once a long long time ago got paid in shares carried on you know having perhaps a dividend reinvestment plan and ended up with actually a huge shareholding that was a very substantial part of the estate yeah and it's not that nobody knew about it but perhaps nobody anticipated just how well that company might have done wow you know there are lots of us companies and, and you know some have done it spectacularly badly yeah others have done spectacularly well yeah and held their value and perhaps even you know valued above where they should be um and it just goes to show that you really cannot tell it seems to me uh that all forms of shares it's somewhat of a gamble you just yeah. don't know quite what's going to come in the future
1: so what's the strangest thing you've ever come across oh, yeah. your desk come on
0: oh my goodness
1: treads, i'll put you on the spot there have not sorry of-
0: oil land you know oil land. mining rights in really? canada might be one of the strangest there's probably <laughs> <laughs> there's probably been stranger but i think you know some of the things that are just so out there that i cannot deal with them and i really don't know right. what to suggest we have also come across um uh, somebody goes to thailand for example and yep. perhaps later in life maybe their wife has died and they mm. come to thailand and they live a lovely life there and perhaps they get together with someone locally and when they die the family in England thinks all their assets are going to come to them and then it turned out that they tr- shipped a huge amount of their wealth over to Thailand in order yeah. to be part of the purchase of some property for example or mm. uh, you know some kind of condo there and then it turns out that the account that was open was a joint account and in fact the girlfriend wife whoever it may happen to be has taken the assets right and there's nothing left and we've I've seen that more than once yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's strange precisely because we do see it repeatedly but it is a you know it's a side of life it happens and and it just goes to reinforce the point right at the back of all of this which is that you know when it comes to a state administration you have full testamentary freedom here you can do whatever you want with your money yeah and you, of course you also have the freedom to not make a will and <laughs> not do anything about that um but maybe if you're going to do something big it might be best to talk to your family about it or let somebody know what it is that you're doing yeah
1: yeah so so under testamentary law if, if somebody is I, I know i try not to make this this about the job, but yeah. but if if somebody is in, ty- in say in a foreign jurisdiction and they marry in that foreign ju- jurisdiction, even so, the laws of intestacy in the UK apply as such to the the wife or whatever. I, yeah?
0: I'd have to stop and say to be honest there are a million different variables right. here we're talking here potentially about very informal arrangements Yeah. for example someone simply lives with a partner out yeah. there and then opens a joint account simply because as a foreigner they may have had great difficulty yeah. doing yeah. it otherwise and in that scenario and they die intestate and you know, if it's property yeah. then the law of the country where the property is right. will apply yeah. and if it's movable assets then it would be the intestate rules in England okay. for example provided that was a, an English domicile person there are a lot of different <laughs> and I'm not uh, you know really going to sort of go into yeah, that but um, yes you know there, there, all sorts of strange things can happen particularly when people do not take advantage of what after all is a you know essentially very simple process of saying if you make a valid will you can do whatever you want and if you don't then intestacy law is likely to apply right That's okay the problem.
1: my head's spinning after that so yeah i'll leave we'll that stop. one to you yeah we'll stop on that one
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so moving on to the next question what makes you mad what winds you up
0: I can think of something straight away, and it's something that's very close to my heart. In fact, it's something we've talked about before because of uh, Dementia Friends and talking Mm -hmm. about um, things like um, Age UK and um, Action. Uh, Sorry, I've got the name wrong, but it's Action Fraud. Um, This is what makes me mad. Over the years I've been working within this business and working for the legal profession, I've had numerous calls from people, and they have either been scammed, or they're yeah. in the grip of a scam. Yeah. And it's absolutely heartbreaking. I've seen it, as a probate genealogist, I saw it um, when it was somebody who was caught by an inheritance scam, and oh, more than one, but one yeah. particular person sticks in my mind and will forever. And I've also seen it from the perspective of dealing with assets, because people bring bundles of share certificates to me. And I'm saying, actually, there's a problem here. Yeah. You know, these aren't traded. These are worthless. These are flatlined. There's probably pump and dump involved. There are all sorts of reasons why these things might happen. But the one I think particularly, um, it, you know, was heartbreaking was a, a chap who called me and it, was, it became clear that he had not only been defrauded uh, in an inheritance scam. So for example, mm-hmm. uh, somebody's cloned the name of somebody working for a major Chinese bank. And they write a letter and it may not be very well worded. All of these details yeah. will be familiar yeah. to anyone who's, who's you know read about this or, or, or been involved in this before. Um, they write a letter and they say, oh, you're, you're going to inherit millions. Mm. It's always a huge sum of money, huge sum of money. And, and it looks so simple. Sign here do this and then we can reunite you with this money. It's a distant cousin. It's always the the distant cousin, the distant family relation that you couldn't possibly have heard of because it's just too distant. And your doubts are assuaged by very persuasive people who are very good at what they do. These are criminals and they they know exactly what they're doing. So any misgivings you have are, oh, but this, oh, but that. But look at this paperwork. Look at this company. This is all real and everything's real. And... The need is so great. And I will not say greed because I don't ever think it's Mm. greed. You know, sometimes I've heard people say, oh, you know, they appeal to your greed. And I don't think that's fair. They appeal to your need. The person who called me about this, he'd hoped to pay for his daughter's wedding. He was in for £10,000 already. Yeah. And he was still in the grip of it because what had happened to him was that somebody had contacted him and said you've been defrauded and i can recover this money for you and that too was a scam so that was the same same people people. probably Probably playing off against themselves or they sold the details onto a new company whatever it might be but it's all a scam and i was at the end you know it took uh, as with grief it can take a while for these things to sink in and to realize that this thing has happened to you and you know it is something that has happened to you you didn't fall for it you were pushed you were persuaded yeah. and it took several calls and lots of contact to say like please do not have any further contact with these people yeah so to answer your question what makes me mad fraud scams yeah the need the people that prey on you know lonely people vulnerable people mm and actually also they appeal to one's ego because particularly when it comes to shares people who dabble in penny stocks that sort of thing yeah. they are particularly likely to be a mark for what's called boiler room or pump and dump yes, fraud yeah. the wharf of wall street is yeah. a, you know a really good example yeah. of how those bu- how those businesses operate or how those criminals operate I should say and and having spoken to people who have been hit by this and hurt by this it's just absolutely devastating because it mm. ripples out throughout the family. Your estate might be the poorer as a result of this. You know, it could be someone towards the end of their life who's getting a bit confused and these people absolutely prey on that. So yeah. that makes me madder than anything.
1: I, I know from personal experience dealing with clients in my previous life who've, yes. who've ended up on the suckers list as it's called. Yes. And that's an awful term. It's
0: horrible, isn't it? But uh, I know. But, it's, but that is exactly how these criminals yeah. will see these people. And yep. once you're a marker a mark for good yeah they'll probably try again and again
1: and and you know they'll they'll get the the messages coming through you know send us 10 pounds and yes. they, you know letters that are sitting on the side and hundreds of thousands of letters yes. that are appearing it really really is i mean i'm glad that people are more aware of it i think mm. there's still a lot more to do though
0: Oh, yes. I think that just the sheer number of programmes about this on TV suggest that this is not going away. During the pandemic, it got much, much worse. And loneliness is not going to go away. And as long as there is loneliness, there is this appeal, I suppose, to someone Mm. calling you, someone calling you in the evening. And even if it's high pressure sales tactics, and even if a part of your brain is telling you something's a bit off here, you continue because quite enjoyable maybe it's something exciting that's happening
1: it's quite nasty I had a boiler room contact me a few years ago and Mm. and, and, you know it was it was the, the pressure that they were trying to put me under on this unsolicited phone call and I just ended up Swearing down the phone and telling them where to go. Yes, and I never got contacted by them again since because mm-hmm. obviously they said right, well he's not a mark, but that's obviously right, they bought my right. details somewhere. But yeah. a lot of people are still getting caught up by this. So, Very yeah. much so. Yeah. You know,
0: you, you think you can solve all your problems in one go? The, yeah, I suppose you could say the classic gambler's you know argument. Yeah, yeah. Um, but everybody is capable of being got to in yeah. that way, because we all have problems and difficulties yeah. and things we'd like to overcome in one fell swoop. Um, so as long as that happens, then this will continue to happen. But I am pleased to say that I'm seeing fewer examples of uh, restricted stocks. So shares that should never have been sold to a person in the UK. Okay, That is now starting to slow down. And I, I hope that means that they have been cracking down on some of these boiler rooms. Good. But as you say, it, it clearly hasn't gone away.
1: My thanks to Louise. That is the end of part one. We'll be bringing you part two next week. Thank you for listening to On Air.
0: Thank you for listening to On Air. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast as we'll be bringing you another episode next month. For more information on our services, visit our website www.findusinternational.co.uk or call us on 020-7490-4935.